Hey, what's up, ma'am? Fam, Kit here. Hope you enjoy this special throwback episode of the Mad About Movies podcast talking about Unforgiven. If you enjoy our throwback episodes and you want more of them, subscribe to our VIP feed. Over there, you'll get more bonus episodes, more throwbacks, and more fun. So check it out at patreon.com slash madaboutmovies and enjoy the episode. You sound insane. Do you realize that? All right, welcome back, man, fam. Especially yo, yo, our yo. Patronage, patrons, patrons, patrons. Thank you so much for being here today. We're going to be talking about a little movie called Unforgiven. Unforgettable. Celebrating its 25th year of life in in this here United States of America or elsewhere. If you're elsewhere. Uh, and one of the more landmark westerns, especially of the of the modern era, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. So, so we're talking Unforgiven today. It's this and Open Range, right? Yep. Uh huh. That's the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Texas Rangers is mine. <laughs> but continue, guys. Young Guns Four. I'm just I'm just a bystander for this episode because yeah. my opinion doesn't matter. Apparently. I'm sorry. What's what is Tombstone? Yeah, I don't know. What never that heard is. of it. <laughs> it's a pizza company or. <laughs> I think Brian's the annoyed so works right for them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the so we're talking, <laughs> we're talking Unforgiven. I want to do an entire episode on the Noid, honestly. <laughs> I'm <laughs> super interested in the Noid. The Noid Wikipedia page is something that on you it. should check out, for real. Because it's, uh, Brian's been there's there some weird times. stuff <laughs> yeah, attached to the Noid, man. The editor-in-chief of the Noid <laughs> Wiki page. The Noid cast is pretty popular. I mean, not not as popular as this particular podcast, but it's pretty so good. So what would be a better podcast for us to do for a year to try to drum up PR? Mm-hmm. Bouncy Castle, mm. where we just sit in Bouncy Castle's podcast and review them. I like this way. idea, yeah. yeah. Or a one-year-long, once-a-week <laughs> podcast completely devoted to the Noid. <laughs> Wow, Noid guest. I mean, I feel like the feel Noid like the is like is like vote. a mini series. You know, Noid- like Noidist. Week. It's, it's like Noidist. The Noid. Noidist. Hosted by Chris, Chris Hardwick's <laughs> hosted. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Three sides. I, was good. I would. Mountain Castle, though, I feel like is a real thing. We could mix. There, there just aren't any definitive. And trust me, I've looked. <laughs> bouncy, <laughs> bouncy Castle reviews out there. Yeah, Yelp is trash. I'm looking for a podcast, a long form review of every bounce of it, the one with like with the little mermaid on the top that's what i want or the slides yeah the slides the water slides Mm -hmm. there's a lot of features that need to be talked about there's really no other medium better to describe what it's like to be in a bouncy castle (laughs) than audio than than pure audio no visuals no because you get lost like yeah there's a lot of bouncy castles that look fun right Right. but do they uh feel fun they don't feel fun and so that's why you need critical commentary Mm -hmm. yeah audio commentary we we get really good at describing the interior of a bouncy castle (laughs) where the soft spots are where the bouncy spots are Mm -hmm. because you know you can't right yeah yeah, how many people are allowed in at a time? That's very important. To this <laughs> it's podcast. crucial. Capacity's yeah. really important. Yeah, because keep... that can ruin a party. A lot of times, because you guys know, I throw parties with bouncy castles right. all the time. And a lot of times, you'll order one, and you'll order, you know I'll have thirty or forty people, and it, I'll get a capacity of three or four. Yeah. Well, now you've got you know 
33 people not right. having the time of their life. Right. Now, granted, four of us are having a blast, right. and I'm hosting the party, so I get uh-huh. permanent. Somebody's always got to be like the the maunder that like tells you, hey, yeah. you've been in for six minutes, you got to get out. Right. And no, I, nobody likes that yeah, guy. Yeah, and I end up not having so. fun at my own bouncy right. castle party. Right. The one where you got six bouncy houses, that was a pretty awesome party. We had a good time that time. It was there, fun. Okay. Yeah. We built ladders to each one. <laughs> It says this just reminds me of, of like birthday parties. Unforgiven birthday parties I used to go to. One more thing, okay. So when we were kids, pretty much nine ago. out of ten birthday parties you'd go to was laser tag, mm-hmm. right? Man. Now kids have the yeah, and, and this down. is something we didn't have when we were kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, the trampoline park. Yeah, trampoline. Yeah. Park. Would you choose Laser Quest? Or trampoline park. If you're in your prime, if you're like nine well, year old kid, here's the thing. If it's Laser Quest, I'm probably gonna go. I'm probably would go trampoline park. But if it was Qzar, yeah, Qzar takes it up a notch because Qzar was teamwork. It was tactical. Man, you could run out of bullets at Qzar. Yeah, and you had to that. shoot down the spider thing. So much better that way. It was so much better with a mission. Yeah. Laser Quest is every man for himself. Stupid. Yeah. I played uh, laser. But everybody teams up anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, I played laser tag at a uh, in a league. <laughs> no, I wish. Gosh, if only I was that cool. No, there was a. <laughs> I went to college in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, and there was a town that was like twenty miles closer to the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, up the road that had a laser tag place in the back of a roller rink. And so, you know, a roller rink is round. Brian, I hate to break to Dude, <laughs> I know. It was like, I'm, sh- I'm shocked we didn't get murdered uh, going to <laughs> that this. That would have been the best thing. <laughs> this thing. Best but way to go. The edges of the, of the, <laughs> like the barn that this, this place was in was just uh, a laser tag arena. And we, and the uh, guns were like target price checker guns, basically, <laughs> that were attached. And we were like, remember well. The, remember the take it home uh, laser tag? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course. What was that called? There were multiple variations. You had a little uh, vest and a gun that took like double A's, yeah. and, and you can only shoot somebody from like three feet uh-huh. away. Yeah, I've had, yeah. I think I think my parents own multiple versions of that thing at some point well, or another. Next spinoff, Mad About Laser Tag, <laughs> coming soon. Um, not enough laser tag talk out there. That's right. Um, all right, Brian, Unforgiven. Unforgiven. So we're, why we're why is this the movie of the week this week? I think because, A, it's 25 years. It's a, it's a landmark movie. It won a lot of Academy Awards. It made, it made a, it changed the perception, I think, of Clint Eastwood um, because this was the first, for all of his acclaim and the length of his career and the number of movies that he was in and directed and everything, this was the first time he ever got nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is fascinating. Um, it's also interesting to watch it. It's interesting to watch a, an Eastwood movie from his prime and his peak. And this is honestly probably towards the end of his peak um, compared to like where he's at now, where he's, if it's an Eastwood movie, whether it's starring him or directed by him, I'm just, I'm out just from the get go. I just can't, I, I don't feel like he knows how to, how to do movies in 2017, which is fine because he's like 850 years old. So I shouldn't expect him to, uh, to do that. But it's funny. It's interesting to compare and contrast peak Eastwood to current iteration (laughs) of, of Eastwood, I guess. Sully Eastwood. (laughs) Jersey boys. Sully wasn't awful. Sully, Sully was fine. Yeah. Sully was a silver lining. He just tries, he knows he's old and is just trying to make, right. Right. He makes things as quickly as he possibly can. Cause he's like, I want to make 30 more movies. He does like three movies a year. Speaking of, there's a section on the Noid Wikipedia. (laughs) Return of the Noid. Oh, now I'm interested. Which is, Return I was going to say, it's my favorite Mark Morrison song. <laughs> it's lesser known. Right. 
Any salmon dominoes? Yes, I did. Man, I can't believe this is 25 years. Yeah. It, it feels older than that, honestly. It's it, kind of timeless. This is like the... Oh, yeah. It's... um. It's one that I, I don't ever think about when I think of the 90s or think of um, classic the Best Picture winners. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's just exceptionally executed and thought out and compelling. And, I mean, it's just hard to complain about this one. Yeah. Uh, so. It gets better with age, I think, uh-huh. for, for at least as far as the older I get, the more I appreciate this movie. I did not care for it. The first time I saw it when I was probably in college, I was like, this sucks. It's super long and boring. And, it is really long. And dry. Um, and then, I've, so I've, I imagine I've seen this three times. The second time, I was like, okay, I get why this was as big as it was. This last time, I watched it, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, and it was um, it was much more striking to me. And so maybe that just means I'm becoming more and more like Clint Eastwood yeah, and getting get off old my lawn. and crotchety. So I just went out and yelled at some Asian people. And <laughs> You bought uh, a chair and yelled at it. <laughs> yeah. Went to Ikea and just started screaming at the front. Yeah, yeah thanks just for Obamacare chair. Had trouble peeing. More like Obama was... chair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it gets better the older that I get. So I can't wait to watch this when I'm 60 years old and just be like, this is the best movie <laughs> of all time. But, we can wait. Yeah. Well, it, it came out at a at a good time between nostalgic Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. and not an old fart Clint Eastwood hadn't yeah. kind of come around. Yeah, and so this is kind of the last hurrah mm-hmm. of respectable Clint. I mean, I know he's done stuff behind the camera, probably respectable since this, but yeah, um, I think um, as far as what you will know him by, right. what what he has made his living on was he nominated for everything acting in million dollar baby yes okay so maybe that too is the only thing yeah it depends on how you feel million about dollar million. baby i yeah. hate no million i do too baby. i, I try to erase it, it from so my memory i just mean legacy yeah, no, 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 I, yeah totally it's it's a this is you could if you don't like million dollar baby which i don't you could make the argument that this is like this is kind of the end of yeah what no, of what he it, now if you're if you want to go just by oscar wins which is a good metric um million dollar baby is a very successful very good movie i just think that it's terrible i just think it's an awful 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 movie but um but that's me so top five of all time <laughs> for you according yeah. to a.o scott gosh no that's the worst i just read his book and i like and i was, love a.o scott it was a really good book his better living through criticism i recommend yeah. it on the show it's a great book but the whole thing i'm reading it is clouded by i don't know if it's just that if you're a sports person you can't i don't know like i'm harsher on sports movies than sure maybe someone who's not super it's the sports. draft day theory right exactly but draft Dra- day is a fresh movie and it's an abomination so you know it is how it is anyway. bonte mac forever that's right no matter what no matter what it's it's funny because uh, you know clint eastwood was of course known for westerns the good bad the mm-hmm. ugly and uh fistful of dollars and all that stuff and this is him uh kind of coming out of retirement as you know in a way yeah and it's also in, in a long time it's also reflected in the character you know kind of pulling him he was an aged aging outlaw who kind of retired to farm life mm-hmm. and, he's a mayor you know yeah yeah now he's he's a pig farmer and now he's being pulled out of retirement by this guy who needs his his help it's very yeah. similar to true grit in that way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like the young gun trying to go seek revenge on somebody and needing the old aging outlaws help and um his willingness or Clint Eastwood's willingness or money's willingness to find 
himself again and, right. and return to that the life he, he swore he'd leave behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one does flip on its head a little bit, the protagonist-antagonist thing of you're rooting for the outlaw and rooting against law enforcement, <laughs> sure. which is not uh, often a theme, but, uh, but it is here. So uh, this is definitely kind of the best of the best of what Clint Eastwood has brought to Hollywood over the years, and this is this is uh, the kind of culmination of his whole career and all the experience he he gained being on set and uh, working with great directors and uh, composers and such that uh, this movie would would come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So it's a I guess a, pa- a passion project or like what Clint Eastwood would say. If you're gonna know me by one thing, this is a pretty good indication. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you mentioned earlier, can't like this kind of catches him at the right time between mm-hmm. uh, you know, his more of his prime and then his crotchety old man phase. And I think that that I think that's why the acting side of the movie works so well is because he is aging into that phase of life. And it may not be, I don't know, that it's graceful, but it doesn't need to be graceful for this character. And he. I don't know, just watching the, he embodies it so well, and then coming out of, you know, t- this character who, he's basically been putting on a show for 10 years, or however many years he's he's been out of that outlaw life, and to see him try to come back out of it and rediscover it, it's it's ugly and kind of, uh, it's certainly not like a, like a clean character development, and that works really well, and he makes that. He makes that tick. You almost don't watching it this time around. There was two or three this things. Is a great moment where he shoots the pistol and <laughs> yeah, misses the target, and then goes and grabs the shotgun yeah. and blows it yeah. away. There's two or three things that I caught on this time around that I maybe hadn't noticed before. But you almost don't need um, Morgan Freeman's character doing the exposition regarding like who he was and who 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 Bill Money was as a terrible. Uh, outlaw because of the way that he carry that Eastwood carries that character. Like he walks around with um, this persona about him that kind of tells you all you need to know about the character, even without any exposition or like uh-huh. descriptor of what he used to be and who, what he used to do and that kind of thing. And it's he it's it's the to me it's by by far and away it is the best performance of. Eastwood's career. There may be better movies. He may direct yeah. better movies. I don't know. But as far as just like him on screen, I don't think there's anything that comes close to touching this. Right. Yeah. It, it really is. I, I found him a little dry. I hate to say that. And uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. I just. He was just a face staring at the camera. Yes, that's a very really... traditional way of film of of doing a western too. Uh-huh. Like that that whole bit. Yeah. yeah. And and it was m- way more about the ensemble in mm-hmm. those movies and the different kinds of personalities all coming together than it really was about Clint Eastwood. Um, and this is more centered on him, envisioned by him. And the thing that really sticks out to me uh, every time I watch it is... <laughs> can't even get him on trying the horse. to find him. Yeah, getting on the horse and and the fact that the his whole little crew of Morgan Freeman and the kid and him all kind of have their deficiencies. You yeah. Know? They're, none of them are perfect, but uh, they kind of bring out the best in each other. Right. But this movie is just gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, the scenery, the colors, the way it's shot, and, and the kind of different composition and with the camera, you know, the wide shots mixed with the close-ups, mixed with the 
moving camera. I just think this is, I'm, I don't think of Clint Eastwood as a great visual artist when he's behind the camera, but for some reason, this movie exists with his name as directed by, and, and it, it's just way better than all of his other stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just, like I said previously, his experience with Westerns is why he knew where to go and what to do, and Wyoming's just a, a gorgeous mm-hmm. setting. Uh, setting for anything. Yeah. Um, I, I think there really is, and we kind of saw it um, with Wind River, but I think there's still a definitive movie to be made about that, about Montana and Wyoming and that kind of area of the U.S. and those mm. the scenery. Grizzly um, Man. Well, I was in Montana <laughs> a couple weeks ago, as I normally go in the summer, and uh, we had a friend come into town that has a really cool drone. So my cousin and I, of course, did what any people did, is we made him use his film to f- um, use his drone to film us jet skiing. Mm-hmm. So that Pro-Karof movie may, style that, be good. that movie may already have been made. I'll show it to you guys. We look, <laughs> it's only about 45 seconds long, but I think it's the definitive Montana. Mm-hmm. It's scored by Huey Lewis. <laughs> and that's the power of love. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, crazy too, Brian, that this is this costs fourteen million dollars to make, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and that's it. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. It also makes kind of a, it gives you sympathy towards prostitutes, which is never really a theme in movies. But this is the because you they're never the, have they're that. the holy <laughs> ones in here. Are the you normally murder them immediately after? So oh, it's it's. It, it, it's normally frowned upon in movies, <laughs> right. but here, this, the whole reason oh, yeah, I hear that the entire movie takes place is because a prostitute <laughs> called a guy's yeah. unit small, right. and that that sets off this entire chain reaction of this film. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an oddly it's an oddly feminist movie in a way because like especially towards the end, spoiler alert for the twenty five year old movie, but that you know that last sequence when he's yelling out at all of the all of the other people in the town and the women come out of the brothel and are just kind of standing there like empowered and whatnot. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's affecting and it's, and it, you know, it really, it works and it's not, that's not what you tip. That's certainly not what you typically get from a Western. If you have a female character in a Western, she's usually, you know, damsel in distress and, or, you know, that once, once in a while you get the, well, she can kill a guy just as good as I can, that yeah. kind of woman, but it's not it's not really a Annie get your gun. Yeah, an Annie get your gun type of thing, but it's not really a you know, a character and um or they're not certain certainly empowered that way, I think. I want to say thank you again to our sponsor, Blue Apron. Blue Apron has been so incredible for me in my life. It's so convenient, it's so affordable, and honestly I just feel better. Like I walk through the day feeling better. I actually get excited to go home and cook. Uh, totally. what, in case you don't know, Blue Apron is an incredible service. What you do, you go online, you pick your meals, they ship you all the ingredients, no extra ingredients. If you want parsley, you know what? They're going to ship you the correct amount of parsley. You're not going to throw <laughs> that crap away like you do at the grocery store. It's actually amazing, and the food is incredible. I had the pork chops and rice. I actually invited my entire family to come over and eat because I was so excited about the meal. And they all loved it, and now they're members of Blue Apron, too. Uh, blueapron.com slash mad is the site what they're going to do is they're going to ship you three meals for free yes that's right three free meals if you sign up at blueapron.com slash mad you will thank me later i promise so thanks again to blue apron 
a better way to cook. This movie is in the Library of Congress, and I believe on the AFI Top 100 Films of All Time list. Uh, I understand it's really well made, well acted, and the plot is good, and performances are, are strong. I just... I don't watch it and think this is one of the 100 best movies of all time. I just think this is a really solid movie. But yeah. There's nothing that just, like, there's no one performance that just blows you away. And there's not one element like Star Wars where it's like, man, the technology and what it did for filmmaking mm. is so significant. You know, this is just classic filmmaking at a very solid effort. Yeah. I mean, this, if this came out this year, I think we would think of it like we think Wind River. You know, it's yeah. just a really uh-huh. good, solid movie. You know, compelling scenery and everything. But other than that, that might be the last thing. I, I don't think it's one of the hundred best films of all time. And it's pretty. It's like in the seventies. It's it's right. It's not at the at the tail end. Yeah. But. You know, I think I think there's a couple things to that. One is Hollywood loves a western, and we don't really the the masses don't seem to really want westerns anymore. And so, you know, there hadn't. I don't have a history of westerns and movie in front of me, but it's been a while. This came out in 92. It had been a while prior to this before there was a, a truly great western. And since then, I, I mean, besides Dances with Wolves, I, I don't know that there's I don't know if there's anything that's come out since 92 that really hits the mark on that. I mean, Tombstone's one of my 10 favorite movies of all time, but it's not critically beloved. Um seemingly and you know i don't know that there's anything that's coming that's a true western not like a uh, no country for old men or something like that i mean true grit's good true grit and, would come to mind um, but open range bro. open range is okay um, wild hogs <laughs> wild hogs <laughs> the western version um that one's good that really scott cut <laughs> yeah of wild hogs is... cowboys of mumesa <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah that's a good one <laughs> I think that's the best Western to take place in a Mexican restaurant (laughs) until my Posados biopic comes out next year. Um, Don Pablo biopic. Gosh, the ponchos scene is just incredible. No, but I think when they emotionally raise the flag at the end, (laughs) I thought I was raising the flag, flag. but it turns out the whole time the The flag flag raised raised me. me. no, I just think I think Hollywood <laughs> wants wants westerns to be important, and so this came and it's fine. And so when this came around, it I think kind of reinvigorated that feeling of like this is a very traditional Hollywood film, and we're and yet yeah. it's also super dark and um, not. It's probably pretty edgy for ninety two, um, but had a lot. I think it has a lot to say in its kind of in its silence and in its like quieter moments and whatnot. No, I think Eastwood is fantastic in this movie really and I think Hackman is great too. And in it, everything. Every time I see a Hackman movie now I'm just I'm bummed out because it's like we're never Why gonna see him do anything yeah. again and the last movie he was in was Welcome to Mooseport and it's just well, like fitting in. Man, come back. I saw come that back. in the theater by the way on nice. a school trip. Nice. Um now we're streaming this, we should say, while we record here, so we've got it kind of going on mute. And I have a couple questions, because they're just popping in my head as we watch. Now, it's, at this point, do we know Morgan Freeman's in the eye yet? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah. No, it's a long play, but think about how long he's been alive. Like, that's pretty okay. impressive. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a wizard. Right. <laughs> 
Is he? What's his character's name in that? I can't even. Uh, uh, I have no clue. Lester or something. Yeah, or... I think yeah. it is Lester. I think it's the, right. the eye guy. Gosh. He only does L names, like Lucius, Lester. <laughs> now you see me. Yeah. I can't believe I don't have this bookmark. <laughs> it, uh, it. But I'm with you, Kent, because I've always felt like this is the movie itself is kind of overrated. But as I get older, the more I'm like, nah, it kind of is right on par. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Thaddeus Bradley. Oh, Thaddeus, man. Sorry. Thaddeus. Oh, it's close. Uh, it, it, <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you could is. buy the tape of just a bitter, pissed off Morgan Freeman uh, debunking magic tricks like yeah, a thirty minute? The if they one. actually filmed those yeah. for the movie and you could get them, <laughs> they now make such a great. Uh, he palms it here. <laughs> they make such a great team. Uh, uh-huh. Him and and Clint Eastwood. As a pair, are really yeah, really good. It reminds me of him and uh, gosh, uh, in Shawshank, Morgan Freeman literally has looked the exact same age for <laughs> one hundred and thirty years. It's unbelievable. He is God, so yeah, might help. I if hope you, he never dies. um, if you Google the name Thaddeus, <laughs> um, Thaddeus Stevens was a was a member of the um. Uh, Federalist Party, one of the early kind of great lines of this country is a couple other Thaddeus. All of them come in second to Thaddeus Bradley, which is the first Thaddeus. <laughs> so enough people Google his character name and now you see me. Thaddeus. Gosh! It's the number one Thaddeus. Uh, this is bizarro world. Yeah, we have a listener who's named Thaddeus too, a patron even. So yeah. maybe he's in the eye. I don't know. These shots, the sunsets and the horses like silhouettes. They look awesome. fantastic. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's hard to look bad in Wyoming. I right. took engagement pictures in Montana last month, and it's they just like awesome. yeah. it's just like I'll show them to you guys. It's just like everything's yellow and glistening and perfect. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And then my ugly fat Irish <laughs> mug, and all of them just ruining everything. To your point earlier, Brian, uh, about why this was so praised is you're right. Hollywood just loves itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's just take some time and just. Just realize and appreciate Clint Eastwood. Man, this guy's awesome. He's great yeah. in westerns. All right, best picture, best director. Thanks, thanks for what you do. It's, well, it's like yeah. if Meryl Streep directed a movie starring Meryl Streep, and it was actually <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Yeah, we'd be like, just give it to her. She's great. Oh, totally. We love her. There, there's <laughs> definitely a certain amount of of uh, career achievement uh-huh. in the Hollywood award system. It's you've been doing this long enough, and we haven't ever given you an award. It's it's time to. To start talking about that with you. But I do think Unforgiven, I think the movie deserves the adulation it got. It, it doesn't seem like a, I think it used to, I used to feel like it was just a straight, like, oh, it's time to give Eastwood an award type movie. But I, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like it really is up to, um, I don't know, up to the status that it's, it's attained. It's just, I don't know. I love a good Western and it, it's just they just don't get done very well, and this yeah. there was more of them at this time, but even still it was su- it was really winding down and it's it just doesn't i don't know it's just not a, a genre that gets um for for all of its value historically and how many big huge westerns there were throughout the you know the earlier era of of modern film. And it's just not something that gets done anymore. It's been replaced with with comic book movies and war movies and stuff like that. And so, um, when it's done well, I think it's I don't know. I I I kind of perk up on it. I'm just like, man, this is really this is a really well done um, western. And the 
gosh, these char- these two characters in Hackman. I think the Schofield kid is freaking terrible. He's the yeah. worst yeah. part of this movie by by a fair stretch, and and probably brings it down uh, quite a bit. But seeing uh, seeing Eastwood act off of East of uh, of Freeman and vice versa, and then and then Eastwood with Hackman and stuff is is great. And I think that the I think that the the money character. Um, I don't know. There's something cool about it's it's a mix of like, man, he's such a bad a, but he also it's super heart wrenching and depressing just to see like what a miserable person he is fighting against becoming, but he's about to become again. You know, like he's left this awfulness behind him, but you can tell the whole movie that he's headed on a on a collision course to go right back to it. I agree. The movies that it competed against in uh, 1992 uh, in the Oscars were The Crying Game, A Few Good Men, Mm. Howard's End, and Scent of a Woman. So I would have voted for Unforgiven. Yeah, same here. Or maybe A Few Good Men. Yeah, A Few Good Men's really good. Scent of a Woman really did not age well at all. I feel like that's one that would not win many awards in 2017 whereas this holds up pretty well as does i think a few good men um yeah this is this is as somebody who's not a huge clint eastwood fan i would say this is one where he really truly deserved to be he should have pacino won that year i think for for best actor this should have been it should have been eastwood totally but that was like the last really great pacino performance i mean it's a little overdone yeah that was before he went full comic book Mm -hmm. i guess maybe heat yeah Gosh, train travel must have been so cool. <laughs> yeah. Why can't we just have planes that look like old-time trains on the inside? It's a billion-dollar idea. That's like, that is the Get question of the century. <laughs> Another movie that came out in 92 that I like and didn't get really any praise at the Oscars was Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. It didn't even get nominated for mm-hmm. for Best Picture or for Best Original Score, which I love the score. Yeah. Of that movie, uh, that's another one that we might want to do twenty five years on. Yeah, totally. Um, Especially with Daniel Day Lewis, but it's one that retiring. reminds me of this kind of mm-hmm. Western culture yeah. uh, throwback kind of movie. And um, maybe ninety two is just the year of doing this to this kind of thing. I, I still think there's appeal with westerns, and they, they lately have flipped them on its head with Westworld, which kind of gives you yeah. that mm-hmm. mixed with the current day technology sure. and. and uh, and all that, uh, and and Tarantino has right. experimented with his version of the western mm-hmm. recently too. So yeah. I still think that there's, if done correctly, yes, um, yes. And, and we'll, I mean, this is a weird comparison, but we'll, I think they're trying to do that with Kingsman now. Is make the the uh, the basically the American Kingsmen are like old western guys, you mm-hmm. know, um, guys that I guess sheriffs from the old west that are still around. It, it, if that makes sense okay. with the uh, the statesmen, the cowboys. Is what okay. So, yeah, I, I think this is kind of the the one of the last real uh, great westerns. Uh, why do you like Tombstone significantly more than this? Tombstone is Val. just yeah, Val, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Duh. I mean, Tombstone is a on its yes it's a western and yeah i think it's a very good movie but more than that it's fun like that is a that's a really enjoyable it's an incredibly rewatchable movie this is not like i think this is the third time i've i've watched unforgiven and if it if we weren't doing an episode on it i you know i wouldn't have watched it again and it just it's it's really really well done but it's not something that i i look forward to 
watching. Whereas Tombstone, like I could watch Tombstone every year and just be super excited and into it and love the the lines and the characters and all that sort of stuff. It's it's almost like I mean it's it's a western, but it's it's like a blockbuster western as compared to an Oscar winner west western, if that makes sense. Um, but dude, yeah, Tombstone, Tombstone, I can watch any day. I love Tombstone. This one is like. Well, I better go get into that depressing world of Unforgiven, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, Richard I, Harris I think is it, great too, by the way. Richard yeah. Harris. Was, oh, I agree. Was awesome. Yeah, it brings a lot of commonalities from Western movies together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. With uh, you know the typical shootouts, you know the draw scene, uh, the kind of bar fight scene, the scene where they're kind of. Uh, watching over the valley and trying to sh- snipe guys down and can't really do it. And Morgan Freeman's trying to do it. And Clint Eastwood goes, give me that thing, mm-hmm. you know, right. That um, we've, we've seen that repeated yeah. a bunch too. And one of the more iconic moments in film history that I love is the, I'll see you in hell. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you will. And he shoots him. Mm-hmm. It's so, yeah, that's Clint Eastwood at his total most yeah. badass moment mm-hmm. ever. And, uh, it's just great. Yeah. So the line when he's talking after they've killed the the second cowboy and they're waiting to get their money and he's talking to the Schofield kid, I think that to me is the most iconic moment of the film because it's just you know, in ten years we're gonna get from this date to from, from ninety two, we'll be tired of this trope of the kind of anti hero staring off into not just into the sunset, but like kind of facing down his own humanity or his loss of humanity and stuff. We kind of get, we get bogged down with that once peak TV hits, but in the moment of Eastwood standing there and he says, it's a hell of a thing killing a man, take mm-hmm. away yeah. all he's got and all he ever have. And the Schofield kid says, I guess he had it coming. He says, we all got it coming kid. And mm-hmm. it's just, especially for the time that hits hard and it's a, per- it's perfectly delivered. It's perfectly set up. And it, I think it speaks I mean, you kind of summarize the entire movie into you know, three lines of dialogue, mm-hmm. and it's really, it's really something. It's it's an impressive. It gave me goosebumps watching it this time around. I'm just like, oh man, that's that is the line. That's the stuff. Right. Well, this has been fun, and uh, this is a movie that I need to watch more. It, it, it's again, better than it's, I remember. It's, it's better than I remember. It holds mm-hmm. up very well. I would love to see a restoration of this done. Sure. I don't know if there's a Blu-ray out there. This, I'm sure there is, but uh, this, this scene always great. bothered me because you can see his arm tucked. He's just got weird ribs, dude. That's all. <laughs> Clint, I want to see Clint this one. Take Eastwood. Like, man, that'll do. <laughs> the chair's hiding up under there. I never got to see this one in uh, the theater either. Same. I think that would have been really cool to see. Mm-hmm. On the big screen, westerns are always better so in yes, theater. Yeah, you Maybe the, they'll do this the that, this one this year for twenty five years. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think I would like Wind River much less. Sure. Yeah. If I just caught it on HBO mm-hmm. or something in nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been fun, Clint. Uh, come back to this or don't stop making just stop making movies. That'd be okay don't, too. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just do what you're good at. How yeah. about that? Um, this has been good though. Yeah. And. I guess this is the VIP feed. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you thanks, know Vip. you can, you can find, me, find more like this on this feed, and uh, thanks Vip. for doing that. Uh, let's grade this one. I'm going to go A. A. 
Sweet. Yeah, it's an A for me too, mainly because of the Schofield kid. I think he really drags it down. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really just that there's bad. a few weird performances. Yeah, he really does. The other, the only other thing I was going to mention, right after he delivers that line, you know, the the woman comes out and tells him, you know, Ned's been killed, and almost, almost subconsciously, uh, or or almost unconsciously, I guess he starts drinking immediately. Like as soon as he finds out that Ned has died, he starts drinking, and it's like his body knows that he's about to slip into that old killer mode before his mind does, I guess. And it's uh-huh. just like, and he starts doing it. And it's, I think that really caught me this last time around of like, there's literally not a pause. It is an immediate pick up the bottle and start drinking. And uh-huh. it's pretty impressive. So it's an A for me as well. RB, how about you? I'm going to go a minus on this, by the way, do you know what the Schofield kids name actor's name is? I looked him up the, yesterday. His, or the name's day Jam- his name is James Wolvet. How do you think he spells James? J-A-Y-M-E-S. Close. M-E-Z. It's J-A-I-M-Z. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Maybe don't cast that person ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then they learn their lesson. (laughs) Well, no um, one did after this. He's Canadian, which is rare, because I'm normally very pro-Canada. All right. Well, happy anniversary on Forgiven. Still And uh, we'll see you on uh, Down the Line. But... Where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on the social media. Um, again, it's I'm on <laughs> now all the big ones at Richard Barton. You can find me in the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Kent, yes, I've been looking for you on social media. You know where to find me. Tinder. Bumble, all the swipe right <laughs> apps. You can find me on there. Just swipe right. Grinder. And um, where can we find you online? Richard, we already found out. Yeah, we but found we can find too. us online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you rattled him. <laughs> you rattled me. Happens. Um, Happens to the best of us. <laughs> find us on the show. Um, stay locked into this VIP uh, feed. And uh, we appreciate the support as always. Wow. But uh, we'll see you next time. At the throwback cinema. cinema. Goodbye. 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 Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.